Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. So very glad you could join us. And we are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we welcome you all. And we will begin with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 10 of Christian Healing. It's in heaven, a chapter called Heaven. God is all and in all. That finishes the question of a good and a bad side to existence. Truth is the real, error is the unreal. You will gather the importance of this saying when sorrow seems to come. If you will look on the bright side, for sorrow endureth but for the night, and joy cometh with the light. Then will your sorrow be a dream, and your waking the reality, even the triumph of soul over sense. If you wish to be happy, argue with yourself on the side of happiness. Take the side you wish to carry, and be careful not to talk on both sides, or to argue stronger for sorrow than for joy. You are the attorney for the case, and will win or lose according to your plea. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. I love that. Couldn't be clearer. Okay. Watching point. Watch number 420. Watch lest you become too concerned over your own spiritual progress. We must learn to have patience and to wait on God. Since Mrs. Eddy once said, quote, in proportion to your growth will you see things, end quote. Jesus recommended that we consider ourselves as lilies that grow naturally. Let us realize that progress is the law of God. It is continuous and inevitable. Mrs. Eddy once said, quote, to be over anxious regarding one's own progress is to acknowledge a person apart from God, end quote. When biscuits are placed in the oven, do they worry lest the heat fail to bake them? End of quote. Okay, comments? Well, this is one of my favorites. And sometimes I just say to myself, you're a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> She's a biscuit. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Can't keep poking on that biscuit. <laughs> Gotta let it rise. This well, morning I thought of the uh, older children's prayer of Mrs. Eddie where she says, Father, Mother, good, lovingly do I seek patient, meek in the way thou hast, be it slow or fast, up to thee. And I, I love that. Yes. Yep. Good one to remember, be it slow or fast. And remember the story of the tortoise and the hare, right? Yes. <laughs> and who won? If there is such a thing as winning. <laughs> yeah. Who made it to the end of yeah. the journey? <laughs> yes, who made it to the end? It was a tortoise. And I have seen, you know, I've seen it in the practice. People can come all so enthusiastic and all of this and that. And they're like, oh, what is it? The shooting stars that yeah. shoot up and then pew. <laughs> so sometimes better slow and steady. Hold on to your footing. And it, it's also the story of the sower and the seed. What is your motive? And um, if it's, if you've got all these materiality and other, other things, you're going to seed from growing. It's got to be gotten rid of. And, and when we say slow and steady, the key word there is steady. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Progress about me? is inevitable. Oh. Definitely. It's, just, it's inevitable. So that's comforting. <laughs> yes. And Mrs. Eddie says, she says, as long as you're working at it, you are making progress. Even though you 
don't seem to be seeing it with your material senses. If you are working at it, you are. And I know that to be a fact, because for years I thought I was making no progress. And then <laughs> when the progress had to be there, it, it was there, much to my shock almost. Lauren? So it's, it's important to make sure it's going the right way, not a little here today and tomorrow all the way back there with the old beliefs again. Yes. Um, I, I found that that's important to watch. Yes. That was what Mrs. Evans would tell us. It took you a while to get into this mess. It might take you a while to get out, get out of it. So just zip it. And uh, people don't like to hear that, but <laughs> truly, you don't just wake up one morning with all these problems. You've worked at it. Well, the other one was not yielding to discouragement, too. Yes, thank you. Not yielding to discouragement. But it is wonderful how, like that prayer, the sorrow will be like a dream. It's beautiful. Excuse Mary's phone. Thank you. <laughs> and you want to read what um, Carrie wrote? Uh, Watch 420 by Gilbert Carpenter, provided with this week's lesson speaks of not becoming too concerned over your own spiritual progress and to consider ourselves as lilies that grow naturally. As I was reading articles from my Plainfield Carousel folder to my mother, I came across Making the Port by Reverend Kratzer. It immediately connected my thought with our watch, and I wanted to share again what he wrote. Quote, just as the mariner does not ask the wind and waves whether or not he is making progress, but asks his chart and compass, so I will not ask the feelings or states of sorry, states of my body whether I or not I am getting on, but I will ask my increasing understanding of God's word, which is my chart and compass. I will look away from the body into truth and love, science and health. I will, in my calculations of progress, be absent from the body and present with the Lord. And, with the, and when this storm of distress is past, I shall be farther on than before it commenced in moral strength, in character, in health, and in knowledge of the truth, end quote. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Someone else had mentioned that to me this week, too, that uh, Kratzer article. You don't ask the winds and waves whether you're making progress or not. How silly how silly that would be. And, and yet asking your body, well, let's see, you know, no, I'm not any better. In fact, I'm getting worse. So that's your compass. That's going to tell you. And, and then, you know, I, I mentioned this at especially in working with Mr. Evans. He told me I had to write down or give him a report every day the progress I had made. And I thought he had to be crazy because I wasn't making any. But it forced me to see and maybe to do a little better at my progress making. Some of it is just watching your thinking, getting rid of the fear and the negativity. That is making progress. Now, if you refuse to believe you're making progress and say, oh, no, I'm not until my body's all better. I'm not making progress. You are making a false law on yourself, okay? You are telling yourself you're not making progress. And guess what, folks? Yeah. You won't. You won't. Because you receive what you believe, as my grandmother told me years ago. It's a false law, and it's not true. But you will, you will seem to suffer from that false law that you've put upon yourself, a false belief, as Florence read about Wednesday night. These are the false beliefs. It's a false belief to think you're not making progress. I mean, if you're working at it, yeah, if you're just being a miserable sinner, well, that's one thing. But if you're working at it, you're making progress. And how dare you let Era tell you otherwise? After all, he said, uh, matter makes no conditions for man, right? So from the side, we've got to be on the side, the right side, and just 
do our best, the best we can do each day. Yes. Yes. And and look, as as that beautiful, you look you have your compass, your north star, your your science and health, your Bible to tell you. And if you're working at it, believe me, you are making progress. I know somewhere Mrs. Eddie wrote, I don't know what page or where, but she 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 makes the point that, you know, once you realize you're spiritual, how silly it is to look to your material body to see if you're okay or not. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's a paraphrase, but... You know, spend time. I find in the early morning to spend time companion with God and also before you go to bed, at, or actually when I'm in bed at night. Sometimes when it seems so restless and I can't focus my thought, realize companion with the Father, He's with you. Take the uh, scientific statement of being and go over it and over it. Man is not material, he is spiritual. And then go over the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, what does Mrs. Eddy say about it? You know, it's, it could heal anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It, it, it's the answer. I told someone recently, it's the answer to all your longings. But you can't just say it by rote. You've got to think about it. It's a masterpiece, the Lord's Prayer, as is a scientific statement of being. So companion with the Father. I read something. I thought this was so beautiful. This was from the um, the new King James Version, which normally I don't look at, but in this, this was John 14, 23, where it says, If anyone loves me, speaking about Christ Jesus, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it said very similar. It's very similar in the, in the King James Version, but I never noticed it before. If you love him and obey him, he's going to come and live with you. How cool is that? We're talking about God and Christ Jesus, for goodness sakes. So I I just, I thought about that all week. It just gave me such, oh, I don't know. It just made me feel so happy. If you love him and obey him, he's going to come and live with you. We talk about dwelling in him. Well, yes, and he'll dwell with you. It's a beautiful thought. And also, I've given this before recently, but it's so important. I love it. The way Mrs. Eddy expresses herself, it's in Miscellany 195. We must resign with good grace what we are denied and press on with what we are. For we cannot do more than we are, nor understand what is not ripening in us. To do good to all because we love all, and to use in God's service the one talent that we all have is our only means of adding to that talent and the best way to silence a deep discontent with our shortcomings. You must be patient with yourself. You can't do more than what's ripening within you, but take the little that you know, and, and I believe here the one talent we all can love, we all can express gratitude. We can all express joy, as, as uh, Florence read in the morning prayer, argue on the side of happiness. Start with those things. And don't give the argument, I'll be happy and joyful and everything after I feel better, after I'm well. No, this is what got you in this mess, honey, honey pie. <laughs> I know, because I, I did it. It's all the negative, fearful resentful thoughts that you entertained over a period of time. You got to get that tractor out of the mud and turn it around and get it back on the highway. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So. And hold it in thought that it's right now. Yes. You have to keep working to see that it is now. It is now. And, And the beauty of all of this is that each one of us has a different way of expressing that love and expressing that joy. We're, we're, we are individual, 
and 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 you have a special place in this thing that God has created that includes you know a lot of people and nobody can take your place you know so don't look for don't look to do some some job that is right for somebody else do what God has given you to do today and it'll fill you with joy and it'll prepare you for tomorrow one step at a time yes and be content in doing it yes it's very important and guess what people around you will feel that peace and contentment mm -hmm. and, and they'll really appreciate it they will it'll lift their burdens and their thought when you're that way and when, when you're not if you're constantly complaining or criticizing or are complaining about your lot in life, it, it drags everything and everybody down. And you don't want to do that or be that way. They see you coming and everyone runs the other way. <laughs> All right. Well, we have the lovely topic of everlasting punishment. And uh, Mrs. Evans loved to call it everlasting love. Mm -hmm. And Carrie, in the in the book, Mrs. Evans' books, sermons, and articles, she did write an article about it. Everlasting, I forget what it's called. Maybe it was called Everlasting Love. Anyway, um, and she brings out in Micah what was in Micah in the Bible this week about He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. It's a beautiful short article, and and again, can we can all do that, right? The one talent, the one thing required of us, and so we can all work to do that better, right? Those those three things: do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. It's beautiful. And just so we can remind ourselves, what does it mean to walk humbly with our God? Be the meekness that expresses only God. Yeah, it means to trust your spiritual sense. Listen for what God has for you. And shut out the noise of the world. So that you can listen and then obey him follow his leading it is a discipline but it is the the straight and narrow path that leads to joy and happiness and fulfillment and all the good things that people are searching for in the world so this lesson is, is wonderful because it is so tough on error, um, and it's needed right now. People want to throw the Bible away <laughs> so they don't have to listen to certain things. <laughs> and, and Mrs. Eddy talks about um, the belief of life and matter sins at every step. It incurs divine displeasure, and it would kill Jesus that it might be rid of troublesome truth. <laughs> Well, you can kill Jesus, you can throw away your Bible, you can do whatever you think you want to do to get rid of this troublesome truth. But guess what? The truth still works, and you're still under those laws. And sinning does produce suffering in belief. It does. It doesn't always mean that if you're suffering that you've sinned. Because Jesus, look what happened to him. And he, he hadn't done anything. Many people seem to be innocent and yet suffer. So that doesn't necessarily mean you sinned. But if you have, whoops, and the, and the design of love is to reform the sinner. If the sinner's punishment here has been insufficient to reform him, the good man's heaven would be held to the sinner. This all makes so much sense. And then 
divine science reveals the necessity of sufficient suffering, either before or after death, to quench the love of sin. Escape from punishment is not in accordance with God's government, since justice is the handmaid of mercy. And then this, one of my very favorites. <laughs> Whosoever uses his developmental powers like an escaped felon to commit fresh atrocities as opportunity occurs is never safe. God will arrest him. Divine justice will manacle him. His sins will be millstones about his neck, weighing him down to the depths of ignominy and death. I looked up the, a picture of a millstone. Holy crow. <laughs> you wouldn't even that's around your neck. It's huge. It's cement. And if it's around your neck, I don't believe you could even stand up. <laughs> but isn't this comforting? Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, isn't this a source of great peace and comfort to know that the evil works that, that seem to be going on in this world? will come to their bitter end. I find it very encouraging. I, I do too. It's only if you're on the wrong side of these things that you squirm around. Mm -hmm. So don't be on the wrong side. If you are sinning, it says again in the lesson, you can stop, right? You don't have to sin. Don't please don't do that. Stop it. I like it. It says if you're suffering, there's a way to stop that too. Yes. Somewhere in there. You know, yeah. Well, and I think that that is why Mrs. Eddie has a subject, a lesson entitled Everlasting Punishment. Because there is a, a belief that, you know, you were born into sin and you're going to, yes. you're, you're going to be punished forever. And you got no way out of it. Well, isn't isn't that wicked? There's always a way out because God is good. And it's the, it's the design of love to reform the sinner. It's love that does this. And you know, if you believe in and practice wrong knowingly, you can at once change your course and do right. Matter can make no opposition to right endeavors against sin, sickness, for matter is inert, mindless. And, you know, Craigie, you wrote on the forum about, it was citation 10, right? Yes. Go ahead. I, I, it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> 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 so good. You set up your prompter here. He's a good free man. Yeah. It says uh, the clarity in this is just, you really can't misunderstand it. The pressure of truth, life, and love in human consciousness demands as Elijah, because he went right up to Ahab and said, hey, this is what you're doing, and, and you got it's wrong. You know it, and you got to stop. And he, and I have knew he was right. And then there were some changes in his behavior, uh, in which God recognized. Intended says this pressure is like Elijah's consciousness and his living demanded Ahab. Ahab. And to, to to be like what Mary Baker Eddy said uh, in Kim 253, Christ my refuge, for him to see the light. She says, from tired joy and grief afar. You could see the bad end at your awakening that's going to happen. <clears throat> okay, from following the, you know, the human patterns and, uh, and, and the, just the life of how God leading you. Uh, and as you get near God, you see, Father, where thine own children are, I love to be. And, and you know, it takes dedication to to keep walking that path. But yes, it's a joyous and wonderful place. 
it does not mean one another mind controlling another, but awakening another by their own life, their light and, and their consciousness, what they hold is true. So I, I thought that what what was written is just so good because as we live it, other people wake up. Thank you. <laughs> That's the thing. And you see, too, and I've spoken to this before, too. I, I didn't realize what I, that I was sinning. I thought sinning was, you know, the Ten Commandments and not killing and big things. But I didn't know it was sinning to be afraid and to be negative, even to be hateful to some degree. Or I never thought about it. And all those things were in me. And, and guess what? I suffered for it. I did. And I still do. If I indulge in those things, if I believe that there's a power other than God, if I get fearful, if I get negative, if I um, resent or get jealous, God forbid, but if I should slip into any of that, I will suffer until I stop. It's a good thing. It's and a good thing that God, you know, we, we kind of feel so uncomfortable because that's not naturally what we should be doing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Florence. And I'll just say, it's been my observation that people who are really growing spiritually and are becoming very useful to God, um, when they slip even a little, they suffer a lot. Yes. <laughs> you feel it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's why I think it was Karen or a week or so ago when she talked about um, the higher you go, the, the more dependent on God you become. Because, yeah, it doesn't take much to start to suffer once you start growing up higher, because I, uh, it just that's just the way it is. So listen to it and be wise. Um, so, Linda, you also spoke to Citation 9. Yeah, I was uh, writing about the expose and denounce the claims of evil, where Mrs. Eddy writes of that. And so I looked up the word denounce, and it said to announce or declare as a threat, to form against, to accuse. Um, but then I started to think, about, uh, we've heard other members reverse it. And so I started to think, well, if I wasn't denouncing them, what would I be doing? And I started to look up, and the opposite is to endorse and honor, commend, sanction, bless, approve, praise, credit, tribute. Well, all those things you can endorse evil or disease or honor it, commend it. So I started to think, well, that got me to, that woke me up. And so then I took some of those words and said, I need to oppose, dishonor, condemn, silence, disapprove, reproach, reproof, oppose, discredit, especially discredit, all these nameless nothing arguments. And so that just helped me uh, a little bit more with the denounce the word is to <laughs> realize that I did not want to command, sanction, bless, approve <laughs> evil and it's disease, but it's like when you find out from Carpenter, do goody, you know, it com evil comes in very sneaky ways. And so you think, oh, it's easy to denounce maybe gambling, but maybe not so easy to denounce uh, people pleasing. But so that made me think a bit. Thank you. Yes, it's very important. We 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 know what the era is that's trying to trick us, because unless you know what it is, you you get duped by it. And this is why we talk about it. We have to talk about it so you know what it is, so you can protect yourself. Yeah, and, thoughts. and you know, exposing evil is often not a very comfortable thing to do. <laughs> and a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people will get very uncomfortable when you expose evil, you know, in a public way. Um, and, uh, you know, because that's what Jesus did. He, he, you know, he exposed it. And a whole lot of people were very uncomfortable. And they didn't understand the source of their discomfort. So instead of changing their own thinking, they attacked the messenger. But... We, you know, it, that's the cross that Mrs. Eddy says we have to bear. We have to be willing to expose evil and denounce it. And take, I was, um, sorry. Go ahead, yeah. I was just thinking about the Matthewian Code, too, where it's talking about if you have somewhat 
um, against someone that you take it to them uh, often uh, privately and maybe try a couple of times and then if necessary take along um, a, a witness that will help you go public <laughs> and uh, help them to help them thank you yes yes and I believe that's that sermon on the mount yeah all of this are, are this is our guide as to how to deal with this and mrs eddie brings out about the rebukes too they must be done in love you can't you can't and it is done with love when you see it impersonally the only time that what what trips people up and gets people all out of joint is they see it personally and oh how cruel you are and how can you do this and they're, they're personalizing the error and that's not helping the person that's dragging the person down. Um, if you know the error is not theirs, it's animal magnetism. It is a false belief. Again, as Florence read on Wednesday, then you're able to rebuke it and cast it out with love. But for those, and I know because I was this way, oh, I'm, trying, I'm loving, I'm not saying a word, I love, love, love. In the meantime, I'm roiling inside and having all this bitterness, and finally I just blow up and say all kinds of horrible things. That's not the way, my friend. It does not work. Whether you do it to a spouse, a child, a government official, whoever, uh uh It's out of love and personalizing the error. So I just want to say that just reminded me of why you may end up suffering even if you're not sinning, because during the next friend's suit, Mrs. Eddie was suffering for that. And then she found out one of her people in her household, one of the men, all he wanted to do was like go there and punch them. <laughs> and when it finally came out, she, you know, she felt better and she, I think she even thanked them for, for admitting it, you know, and then had them fix his ways. So. Thank you very much. That's how sensitive she was to thought and what wasn't right. And even something like that. And you see, so you can't hide it. That's why in a home, you know, you think you can hide your thoughts. You can think all these things in your home. And maybe if you don't speak it, it won't affect people. But it does. It'll affect everybody in your household. They'll feel it, even if it's not spoken. So you have a, an obligation to keep your thought pure and right and loving. And to speak up before you get so angry and um, that you're screaming and yelling and carrying on like a banshee. Which was actually, that used to be my way. I know, oh, I'm so loving, I never say a word. And then finally, I just couldn't stand anymore. And I, um, I had to learn this new way of dealing with things. Now, the... Um, Oh, I have to. Uh, I loved Craig's response to, to Linda. She said, Thank you. You sound like a David on his <laughs> day. On his day. That was a wonderful friend and a formidable foe. That's so beautiful. Remember that. And that's what we all should be a David on his best day. <laughs> oh, a wonderful friend, but a formidable foe. And we were taught here there's a line nobody crosses over. They know you don't go, you do not cross that line. Um, you know, I would I would hear that about George Washington because he, he had this line people didn't cross. It's what enabled him to do all that he did so well. And he was a very God-fearing man. He never could have accomplished all the wonderful things he did. So I love that, Craig. That's beautiful. Now, Lillian, you want to read the golden text for us? Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Thank you. And it is a wonderful responsive reading because it says that, you know, he, he's, he, the Lord loveth. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. You know, if you really love someone, you are going to tell them. Who is telling them of the foe and ambush? You will speak up. Mrs. Evans would sometimes say, especially that you know when she would be giving rebukes, some people she didn't rebuke. 
and, and she said that, that that's because they, and she didn't mean this unkindly but she said it was because they weren't worth it so what did she mean by that hmm. they weren't ready to make the change thank you exactly take it thank you they weren't ready to make the change so it would have been a waste of time but pearls before swine yes but those who knew who she knew would could and would do better, she kept at them. Thank God she did. And you know, then it goes on. But if ye be without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth joyous. We all know that, <laughs> but grieveth. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble needs, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame is turned out of the way, but let it be rather healed. Well, I love that line. Yeah. We, we all know, too, it's sort of like being kicked upstairs, right? You're <laughs> being kicked upstairs. You can't stay on this stupid plateau, Mary. you gotta get got to get moving. So come on, if you're not going to do it yourself, I'm going to give it you a good whack in your bottom. <laughs> That's parents. Also, Julie have two often have two parents because there are times when yeah. <laughs> uh, it, maybe it's because they are saying, "Oh, you don't want to do this. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. rise up against me." <laughs> you know, but the other parent says, "You gotta do something." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you eventually, so you know it has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's yeah. why. That's why Jesus sent the disciples out two, two, oh. two at a time, yeah. instead of single singles. So they wouldn't Makes lose sense. their courage and yeah. their ability to speak right. when needed. You got to watch each other's back here. Checks and balances. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, it does help, and that's too why we have the the church helps. We spoke about it last week, where we have each other to keep us. You know, in line to some degree, um, it, it's very accountability. It, it helps rather than just off on your own, because it's very easy to drift away, even if you've had the best intentions. I think I mentioned in Mrs. Eddie's home, they didn't go to church. Well, they were working for the world and they were doing a lot of things. Now, if you can maintain that atmosphere on your own by yourself, good. That's wonderful, but most people find it difficult, and they start drifting, and pretty soon, you know, you're going out to brunch. We see all these people out. I'm <laughs> morning brunch, and, you know, I'm going to take a little jog. I'm going to have a little fun today. Got a morning off. <laughs> all that kind of thing can creep in pretty easily. Okay, now, Louise wrote something very beautiful, which Gary will read. Okay, uh, quoting Hebrews, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Um, and in uh, and in the book, painting a poem sheds light on our beloved leader through her many visits, conversations, and letters that were recorded experiences of James Gilman, who illustrated Mrs. Eddy's poem, Christ and Christmas with her constant guidance. Can one imagine tackling the task of putting into illustrations the essence of Mrs. Eddy's spiritual thoughts? It was only Mr. Gilman's humility that allowed him to see the job through to the end, as he endured several instances of rebukes and chastenings. And here's one example of his reaction to Mrs. Eddy's loving chastening. And, quote, I, Mr. Gilman, neglected the getting of my mail in the morning that day, hence was not prepared with my brushes as the letter had directed me to be. Mrs. Eddy received me very coldly and began at once to express displeasure, asking why I persisted in disobeying her express commands. She commanded me to go back to my rooms until Monday. It was now Saturday, 2 p.m., and not to do a single thing in the intervening time, and then come up again prepared to correct my bad work. Then she left me with a cold good day. 
The following Monday, this morning, I felt renewed and refreshed. And with a chastened sense, I went up again, this time prepared and with my brushes, as she had before requested. She retained the hold upon my hand as she stood close to me in her precious way and looking very earnestly and with solicitation up into my eyes, she said yearningly, like a mother, it seems hard to bear, I know. You won't feel hard toward me, will you? I felt I must be severe because you needed it, but it was hard for me to do to be so. I was striving to restrain the floods that threatened to inundate me. I finally found voice to say that there was nothing but gratitude in my mind for her faithfulness toward me, to which she joyfully responded, I am so glad. Isn't that beautiful? Now, it, it was things like this that I believe, you know, the organization didn't want to get out about Mrs. Eddy. Because they didn't understand it themselves, evidently. Because if you understand it, you are so grateful to have these examples of how she operated, right? And those sitting at this table, most of us who knew Mrs. Evans, this is what she did. I remember many times being banished, you know, I don't want to see you till whatever. And you just think about what you did. And sometimes, you know, what did I do? <laughs> but, well, when you realize it was the human mind in operation and not God, then you could come back and get yourself right and come back refreshed. But you see, these examples, they have to be shown and, and expressed and shared so you understand. There's nothing about Mrs. Eddy that needs to be hidden when viewed in, in the light of understanding. Um, and this is what, thank God for Carpenter. And I, I didn't, I thank you, Louise, for finding that. That was a beautiful illustration. I don't know if we can use that our liberator is maybe she got it for that our liberator is on christ and christmas i, I sent, sent it to you i oh, sent good. it to you yeah Thanks. yep so um the, the fact that the board direct board of directors hit all this stuff means that they did take it hard they did feel it hard towards her like they did they did oh. they did yep yes indeed but you see, when you take it, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You're kicked up the stairs. You get a better, more holier view of the world and mankind. It's wonderful. And sometimes that doesn't come easy. Many times it doesn't. Well, it never comes easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank God there's a person, there are people that love enough who are willing to do it. So for our own sakes, you know, I, I find that if if you do what God wants you to do, if it's on God's side, even if it's not taken initially, you know, in a good way, years it could be years after, and somebody would say, "Oh, I'm so grateful you said such and such so long ago." So Thanks. it's always right be Thanks. on God's side. That has happened. It's been years later, and they'll say, oh, yeah, now I know what mm -hmm. you meant. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still doing that about some of the things Mrs. Evans said to me. So um, you see it and grow. And I, I love in the lesson, too, where it says it's Psalm 2, where it says uh, this is very important now with what's going on in government. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against this anointing, anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Do mine anointed no harm. Don't come out. The, the secular world's coming out against people who are voicing their love for God and, and their understanding of what that means. Well, it's not going to work. It won't last. And, and this is the Battle of Armageddon. 
Yeah. It is the spiritual battle, which is the final battle. And we will be in this battle until the belief that there is life, truth, intelligence, and substance and matter is finally replaced with the truth that there isn't any. <laughs> And those who are maliciously, maliciously working, they will go into a lake of fire tonight without a star. Let Craig read this stuff. Um, they will read. Until they, until until they, they see wake the light. Up. Yeah. Until they wake up. And, and they all can and they all will because we know that all will bow down to this truth. But there's security in knowing this. People will not get away with doing wrong because they seem to. They seem to. All kinds of stuff's going on. And, you know, they don't even want any police or military anybody to stop them. So um, this isn't going to, it's not going to last. It can't last because it's not of God. No, because the truth always brings out what needs to be seen. And if we are faithful to the truth, it will take care of it in our lives. Yes. And um, all of this is coming out for, for healing, everlasting love. Now, a um, couple more things. I, I, I did love what uh, Jasmine wrote, um, and Suzanne picked up on it too, uh, where her comment about acceptance in belief of a limited, sinning, sick, aging, slowly dying self <laughs> is everlasting punishment. <laughs> now that just, that really cap, caps it up. Captures, the Captures yes. Acceptance in a belief, again, what Florence wrote about, or read about, of a limited, sinning, sick, aging, slowly dying self <laughs> is everlasting punishment. And I say, here, here to that. <laughs> that's what we do not want to do. Anyway, she wrote a lot more, which I can't read all of it, but it's on the forum. And now Craigie's going to read what Parthens wrote, because Craig was talking about example. Mm -hmm. um, to practice being, from the beginning, oh, from the top, sorry. The teacher of music who demonstrates for the benefit of others has by no means relieved them from giving the proof requisite to show where they stand in science. He rather does this for their example that they may understand that which they should demonstrate. Implicit faith in the teacher whose self-abnegation and toil have bestowed blessings on man will never make musicians of the learners. They must go and do likewise, or they are not improving their talents, which unimproved condemn them. We must understand the principle Jesus taught at whatever expense and practice it, or we are not Christians. From Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy, <clears throat> Mrs. Glover, 1985 edition, 1875 edition, excuse me, page 299. To practice being increasingly conscious of something that the five corporeal senses deny require time patience, attention, as, as it is the spiritual ultimate for which all humanity must quest at whatever expense. That, <clears throat> that was part of this. It goes on to say, to those who physical reality is less real than the spiritual world, thus I'm not getting this. To those to whom Physical reality is less real than the spiritual world, thus prepare themselves for eternal spiritual existence, quote heaven, I mean, parentheses heaven, while those who have been physically focused throughout their lives are not so prepared, face only with the anguish and regret of an infinite sense of spiritual starvation or hell. I, I get what he's saying. It's contradiction, isn't it? to say that we work so hard to do right and we should go to hell or people who do nothing, they're so-called living their heaven. It's foolishness. Yes. Yep. And um, 
Yeah, this idea of being an example and practicing. We have daily opportunities to practice the science, and and Parthens is a music teacher and a wonderful musician in his own right. So um, this is all important to realize. And again, those to whom physical reality is less real than the spiritual world thus prepare themselves for eternal spiritual existence, heaven, while those who have been physically focused throughout their lives are not so prepared, faced only with the anguish and regret of an infinite sense of spiritual starvation, hell. So let's work now to have heaven on earth, right? Let's work now, and we can do it. We're told we can do it. We have all, all the resources. My goodness me, do we have the resources to, to learn. So now Gary is looking at me disapprovingly. <laughs> oh, dear. Because the bell is rung and he has yet to read something beautiful that Carrie found from an old sentinel. This is an excerpt from an article uh, entitled Redemption by M. Betty Bell from the January 24, 1901 Sentinel. <clears throat> and it reads... The road is straight and narrow. Can we leave our time-worn habits and let the scales of human theory peel from the faculties of thought? Are we willing to part with superstition? Do we deplore our ignorance? Are we willing to subject the old man to tests of persecution until we can lay him off and rise with David to say, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. If so, we are ready to advance. Taking one step compels us to take another. There is no going backward, no cloak for, our, for their sin. <clears throat> the narrowness of the road often causes a sense of nervousness, and the straightness a sense of impatience. But we cannot turn to the right or left, for the road is straight and narrow. By and by, we get accustomed to it and find ourselves praying that naught shall turn us away from its straightness and narrowness. Along the road grow the flowers of patience, meekness, humility, love, tenderness, faith, joy, and courage. The thistles of discouragement, sadness, and despair, the thorns of pride, conceit, and selfishness, peep up from the soil and prick our feet and hurt our heart. But near a thorn, the lily says, I am beside thee. And near a thistle, the rose is saying, see how sweet I look. And thus, as we advance, thorns prick on one side and flowers shed their perfume on the other. When finally the road broadens, until there is no road at all, and no thorns at all, but God is everywhere, and all in all, and his flowers are sprinkling their dewdrops under our feet and in our hearts, and we shall find ourselves redeemed. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.